Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. So I can honestly say life has always inspired me. I feel like when I was a child looking at art, I did not see a lot of me in the artwork that was being put out and being considered, you know, professional art. So I would look at the world around me and the world is just so colorful. It's so beautiful. It's so painful as well, um, which is why you do see um, in some of my artwork, I do tackle kind of difficult subjects. But I feel like the duty of art is to reflect life. So life has always just inspired me to want to create and reflect that. Thank you so much for tuning into a new episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, LaKendra Huckabee, who is a colorful, exuberant artist that specializes in digital as well as traditional portraits, abstract masterpieces dedicated to showing the beauty that comes with being a person of color. She was born and raised in Columbus, Georgia, where she creates professionally um, based artworks since 2010 when she opened her art business Huck Designs. She originally decided to pursue graphic design at the start of her career um, but quickly decided to make the switch to illustration and painting. Please welcome to the show LaKendra. Hi I'm happy to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how art has influenced your life? Okay um, I'm gonna take it all the way back (laughs) Um, When I was a toddler, I was around two and I got bored and I started fussing as a lot of most toddlers do. My mom would give me crayons and things related to art in order to occupy my time, but also allow me to get out my emotions. So throughout grade school, I was, you know, taking like crayons and colored pencils and making things out of them. Um, And then I realized in high school, thanks to my mentor, Orethius Harge, he was my graphic design teacher. um, I realized through him that I could make art a profession. Mm -hmm. And because it was something I was already so passionate about, um, because I was also a loner in school. So art was my way of connecting to people that Mm -hmm. I did not know how to communicate with. Um, So just it being my passion, it kind of just happened naturally from there. I just went into the professional field with it. That's very beautiful. And I can resonate with like being the loner at school. That was definitely (laughs) me Um, only because I was such a shy individual and very reserved. So um, my outlet was art and that's how people got to know me. (laughs) So that's kind of satisfying to hear that you had a similar story. What inspired you to become an artist and how did you first get started? So I can honestly say life has always inspired me. I feel like when I was a child looking at art, I did not see a lot of me in the artwork that was being put out and being considered, you know, professional art. So I would look at the world around me and the world is just so colorful. It's so beautiful. It's so painful as well, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why you do see um, in some of my artwork, I do tackle kind of difficult subjects. But I feel like the duty of art is to reflect life. So life has always just inspired me to want to create and reflect that.
And I ended up just doing it professionally because I can honestly say I've worked a lot of nine to fives in my life and they were awful, (laughs) but they were only awful because I always felt like I could do more, not just for myself, but for the world. I felt like at least through my artwork, I'm able to touch people and I'm able to show people the beauty that they have within themselves. Absolutely. That's really great. And I just wanted to jump right into that conversation about becoming a full-time artist. What did it take for you to become a full artist? Because a lot of artists, I feel like, you know, have the nine to five or a regular job and are intimidated to take that step. But the narrative of like a starving artist is changing because you really see a lot of us creatives really making it in the industry. So um, how did you how did you end up being a full-time artist? Um, (laughs) It has been a very long journey. I can honestly say even now where it's the only thing I'm doing right now, there's still so much I'm learning. But at the beginning of me deciding to make it my profession, I actually, I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. And when I was at the Art Institute, I had a teacher who was in one of my drawing classes. I was there for graphic design. So of course, drawing wasn't what I was really going for. But while in his class, he told me I should not be an artist. Um, Like he told, yeah, he told me the things I drew were like bad. Because I feel like in art school, you know, like they're supposed to tell you their opinions. Like that's their job. But I I dropped out after that. And I was like, um, I kind of want to prove them wrong. So I will admit, like, at the start of it, I was just feeling like I needed to find my own path and taking the words he told me and remembering them, but also using them as fuel to do what I what I wanted to do. Um, So then I decided to pursue it professionally and I had so many hiccups. I just started. I just did it. I feel like that's the most important part as a creative Um, Not to think too hard, you know, it's good to plan and organize, but you start finding your true passion and your yourself in the journey of just doing it and just being and being who you are supposed to be. I'm so glad that you also just ignored his opinion. (laughs) Again, art is subjective. And I hate that people like categorize others as like good or bad art because somebody's going to love your work, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And um, for us Black people, I do feel like art is more than just it being something pretty on a paper. And it's a process or a spiritual connection that we have with whatever we have. You know, it's more than just making art. It's a part of our culture. We're very creative people. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Can you walk us through your creative process and how you approach creating? Oh, yes. Um, I will say I every painting I create is from a different space. So I do create when my emotions are charged sometimes. Like if I'm feeling down on myself or sad, I will put it all out on the canvas because I feel it's important we let ourselves feel every spectrum of emotion whether it's the good or the bad. So there are some paintings where you see darker colors, you see like purples and blues um, and like grays, things that kind of imply a sadness of sort or like a deeper passion. And then I have like my more colorful pieces, you know, that imply my happiness. But the way the process kind of looks is I will literally just tap into how I'm feeling internally And I'll start out by sketching it sometimes. There are a lot of times where I kind of just freestyle and trust the process. There are a lot of times where I'll start painting and I'll kind of like, it's not blacking out, but it's kind of blacking out where I'm not thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm just letting what I'm feeling internally and I'm letting my spiritual connection to my work guide me 
into what it's supposed to become. And I just trust the process. Okay. Um, so a lot of it is really freestyle based. A lot of it is just hoping, you know, that what I'm trying to say will be put across in whatever I create. What I'm hearing is also feels like a creative, like art therapeutic process for you. Yes. Where it's not just, you know, you making something, but actually, you know, helping yourself get through something. Yes. What themes or messages do you convey in your work? So the main message I convey is the beauty of Blackness, the beauty in being a person of color. I feel like there, there's just so much beauty in our culture, right. but I feel like we are very misunderstood and a lot of times we don't feel very seen. So the biggest goal in my art is just to create that feeling of being seen as who you truly are being seen for the beautiful side of you. Um, one of the reasons that I did that is because, you know, like growing up as a kid, I didn't see it. But now that I'm creating art, I have kids come to my shows. And one girl actually said at my latest show, she had to be like five or six. She was like, this looks like me. And it made me cry. But it really made me cry because I'm like, I feel like my purpose is being fulfilled because I am allowing a new generation of little Black girls and little Black boys coming up to see themselves and in turn feel beautiful in who they are so they don't have to grow up like me, like where I can honestly say I did not have a high self-esteem and I made a lot of bad decisions as a result of that because I did not choose myself. I did not put myself first. So my art is really a testament to that. That's really beautiful. So what does it feel like to choose your first finally, yourself first finally? <laughs> It feels freeing. It feels like society no longer has a hold of my image or mm -hmm. my vision for myself. I no longer feel the pressure to be something that I'm not supposed to be. I feel like being an artist is what I am supposed to be. And society could tell us, you know, all day, the broke artist narrative. But we, you and me being artists, we know that is no longer the case, mm -hmm. as you said, and just like, it's so freeing to be able to do what you love for a living and make a living. Absolutely. Um, so I know that you are a pretty seasoned artist. Like you've, you've been showing work, you've had exhibitions. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of our listeners um, are a variety of different types of artists. We have beginner artists. We have artists that have been doing this for a while. But what would your advice be for um, any visual artist that um, really wants to show their work? What would the process be like? in um, exhibiting their work as a solo exhibition um, or having an opportunity to be in a solo exhibition or a group exhibition? Yes. What does that process look like? So that process is a lot, I will admit, but it starts with a vision. It starts with knowing what you want to accomplish from your exhibition. For me, my first solo show, I, I created the collection of art before I even came up with what I wanted the show to be named, what I wanted to do. So it kind of starts there because, of course, to have a show, you have to have the art for the show. Right. So just creating art with the thought of making it a collection. Um, and that doesn't just apply to solo shows. That applies to if you're trying to get into galleries or anything as well. It is better to create a collection that is cohesive. So that when collectors or anyone else is coming to look for your work, they can buy it as a collection. They can see it as this beautiful body of work. Um, so that's like the first thing. Create the artwork. Um, the next thing, in my opinion, should always be planned because shows sound easy, 
when you see them happen, like YouTube videos are the final parts, but it is so much that goes into it. So definitely plan out everything from the detailing of how you want people to feel when they see your exhibition. Um, I know even for me, I planned out even the music. Like I built Spotify playlists for my shows, every single show, um, because when people are walking through and looking at your work, they are experiencing every single detail of what you've put into that space. So everything from the music to even how it smells will affect how they experience everything you've created. So, you know, just put time into detailing and planning. Um, another important thing is not to be too hard on yourself mm. because in the planning process, you might write out a million things and only accomplish a hundred. If you accomplish even one thing on your list, you are doing a great job. Just being out here doing what you love, you're doing a great job. So don't be too hard on yourself um, and trust the process. Like definitely trust the process. And the last most important thing I can think of is talk to people. As artists, I know it is hard <laughs> for some of us. It's hard for me to talk to people. Yes. But what I'm realizing is that all of us have like social anxiety of some sort, like everybody does, <laughs> even if they don't talk about it and they seem confident. Don't be afraid to approach people and let them know like, hey, I have a show coming up, you know, and even if you don't want to do it, like maybe have somebody that is your friend to like help get the word out too. because promo is everything. Mm -hmm. You can put all this work into a show and you want people to come out and see it. So yeah, that's how that's how I approach it. <laughs> that's wonderful advice. So take us through your most recent exhibition. What would that what was that experience like for um, your viewers? I know you're big on having an, an ultimate experience. So yes. like what was playing? You know, what, what was the exhibit exhibition called? What were you showing? So my last exhibition was my Black History Month exhibition, okay. and I had it in my hometown. I had it at our selfie house called the Photoshop Selfie House. It is owned by three beautiful, incredible Black women. Wow. Um, they opened it summer of last year, and they have this huge space. It's a two-story house. And literally, um, one of the girls that owns it, her name is Sharika, and she is an artist supporter. Like, she she goes so hard for artists. I love that. And yes, I love that. I love her. She's amazing. And she came to me and said, do you want to have a Black History Month show? What she didn't know is I had already written out, like, a whole plan for it. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to write it out just in case. So when she approached me about it, um, I immediately started getting to work on what I had planned. Because what I had planned, number one, is I wanted to have vendors at this show. And I wanted the vendors to all be Black-owned or people of color. Mm. So I reached out to people I knew were vendors. And I also had some vendors come to me. Um, and I created a history room. So the upstairs room was a history room where people could walk through and read all of these different facts about important figures in Black history. And it showed people who I feel are not as well-known which was probably one of the most important parts to me because in schools, they do not teach a lot of our history. They, they limit us to one month, but every month is black history in my book. Like we're yeah. black. So every month we are celebrating who we are. And I wanted the history room to feel like a celebration of that. Um, so I built out this whole beautiful space just with all of these history facts that people could walk through for different areas 
Um, I had the most amazing vendors. I had fellow Black artists from my area. They came out and hung some art. It's awesome. Um, and it was, we had a, a Caribbean food truck and my best friend who makes vegan food, they came out. It was just, it was probably the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed. Uh, we had the news come out. The local news came out unexpectedly because yeah I had no idea they were going to be there but they came in with their camera they interviewed me and the owners they interviewed some kids (laughs) and some of the um the local people who had come out to support us and the outpouring of love has just been overwhelming we have people trying to line up field trips to bring kids out so the history room is actually still up now I was actually going to break it down the next day, but people are still asking about it and trying to come out and see it. So it was amazing. That is so fantastic. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Sounds like it turned out fantastic. Yes. So one of my questions that I wanted to ask you was like, what was it like for you to realize that art was your purpose first off? It, it felt really nice. Mm -hmm. I will, I, I grew up as a child kind of saying I wanted to be things, but not because I wanted to be them, just because it was what sounded right to say I wanted to be. And I was kind of an overachiever in school. So of course they heard what I wanted to be and would put me in all of these classes that kind of angled me towards what I said I wanted to be. But like deep down, I knew it's not what I wanted to do. Right. So finding out I could actually do what I loved just felt so freeing because I realized that, like I have a two-year-old, so, you know, growing him growing up, he's kind of seeing what it looks like to pursue your passion. So knowing that I have that power within my paintbrush, within my hands, within my mind, is just, it feels amazing. It feels like I am affirming what the little girl within me wanted to do. And I'm telling her it's possible. Absolutely. I love that too. And I love that you have a child because I have a son myself. And one of my fears was like, if I don't do it now, what narrative am I setting up for my child you know if I don't do what I actually am destined to be I feel like you know art is my purpose so seeing that you can do it like I'm still in this like what if or the questioning but I see people like you that are actually living in their purpose and you know being a mom is not the easiest thing it's gratifying (laughs) It's, it's wonderful to have that position but the amount of things that we do in the day, it's like, you know, when do you have time for you? So yes. um, it's really satisfying to hear that you're able to give that to your child and, you know, um, inspire others like myself that really want to yes. have that opportunity <laughs> to do what they love, but also show their children that, you know, whatever you can do, you're you're capable of doing. Yes. Also, take take that joke. Okay, I'm going to encourage it while we're talking. Like, definitely take that jump. It's worth it. I promise you. Thank you. How do you think your cultural background informs your art? And how do you navigate cultural identity in your work? It is real difficult. So I grew up, I, I was not like in poverty, poverty, but we did not have a lot. We had what we needed. But I was very aware that I couldn't get things that my classmates had. Um, And in my earlier works, it it felt like I was kind of releasing that emotion, you know, that emotion of feeling like I was never enough. Because I realized everything I went through growing up that way kind of reflected into who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. So I was putting it all into my work when I decided to take it serious. Um, So there was a lot of pain in my work. 
Um, so that's from the aspect, I guess, of like my financial identity growing up as a child, but it played also deeper into my cultural identity because I would find myself often in classrooms and I was like the only black kid. So I was told like, oh, your, your lips are too big or your nose is too big or your hair is nappy, like na nappy, as they say. Like I, I grew up being told every part of me was wrong. So in my art, you'll kind of notice, I kind of imply those parts and I show them how beautiful they are. Like mm -hmm. the lips are going to be big. The nose is going to be wide and beautiful and round. Like the characters usually have these big afros or some kind of natural hair. Um, so my cultural identity has been the fuel to my creative fire because now I just want to show it all the time and it shows who I am. That's wonderful. Um, so we talked about your most recent show and it sounds like you do a lot of collaborations or supporting yes. other creatives and other businesses. How important, how important is it for creators to network with other people? Um, I know, I understand we had a conversation also about having intimidation with like, you know, public speaking or being around others, you know, <laughs> um, yes. being the loner, but how, what kind of advice would you have for someone that is intimidated to kind of reach out or connect with people? Yes. Um, so the first thing I want to say is that they are just like you. They are out here trying to hustle, grind, understand how to just settle into the role that they have chosen to create for their lives. We are all in this together. There is no me without you. Mm -hmm. You are a fellow Black woman artist and we are paving the way together. We are in this together and what we're doing as a whole, we're history makers, but we can't do it by ourselves. To, like, to be out here trying to do it by yourself is putting so much pressure on yourself. But when you realize we're all just a part of this big, beautiful whole, it's, it, it makes you feel less alone. So even if you grew up like me, the awkward child that felt alone, like look around you at the other Black women, Black men, all of the people out here creating and see that there's a whole community for you. And there's a whole community full of mostly awkward people too <laughs> that, you know, don't know how to talk. But our art can speak for us. It allows us to connect and it allows for opportunities like this for us to have conversation. Definitely. So you don't have to know exactly what you're going to say. But the fact that you're just out here speaking through your work is everything. So talk us through um, social media, because I know that you've gotten a lot of opportunities um, such as this, but also um through your biography, it talks about you having, you know, Instagram, you know, yes. do certain things. So can you talk us through a little bit of that type of opportunity that you've received? I have learned that those opportunities are always random. <laughs> <laughs> so what matters most is that you're posting. For every interview or anything I've ever gotten, I've never expected it at all. Uh, I'll literally just be walking in my purpose, honestly. I'll be sharing my work. Because that's the most important part. People will only know you create if you're showing what you create. So with social media, I know we get caught up in algorithms. We get caught up in things like hashtags and everything. It's so much to stress about. Right. But at the end of the day, the right people will always find you. So what matters more than any of the technicalities of social media, I feel, is you just posting, just sharing your work and being authentic in it. 
Because when you are authentically yourself, you will attract the right people. Like even with me and my work, there are times where I don't get a lot of likes. I don't get a lot of comments, but somebody is seeing my work and you never know who those people are. Right. So what was it like when you sold your first painting? Um, I know for me, like when I used to sell my paintings, I have like a relationship with that piece. You know, it's like your baby. But I also have, you know, that feeling of gratitude and excitement. But what was it like to actually sell a piece and be like, wow, like somebody really wants my work? <laughs> so first, I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I went to my first art show. Um, me and my mom had done all this prep for it. And this person said they wanted the piece. And I literally asked them, are you sure? I said, are you sure? Like five times, which is horrible. Like if somebody wants to commit to your work, do not be like, are you sure? Because then you're going to put doubt in their head. But I did not believe it at first. Um, so it just, it felt surreal. I was like, I could do anything else in my life after this. This is the moment right. that matters. It was the moment that showed me I could really do this. Um, but I will say selling uh, paintings is so hard. Because especially when you're a spiritual painter. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is a painter that like puts so much of your soul into your work. Because mm -hmm. in a way, it feels like you're selling a piece of your soul. You know, it feels like you're selling a piece of what makes you, what makes you you, because we know what we were feeling in the moments we were creating every right. piece. So for me, I'm very big on for certain pieces, I will only sell them if I feel a certain vibe from the person trying to buy them. And that, that sounds really crazy, but if I feel like you're somebody that will love my piece and really cherish it for what it is. I will gladly, you know, let you buy it. But for like my more personal pieces, if you're not a close associate or friend, there are times where I just, I can't let it go. Yeah. yeah. That is so interesting. I don't think anything negative about that, but that's actually real because you're putting a part of yourself out there in every piece that you do. So <laughs> um, I don't think it's offensive, but like, I really feel like that's a really interesting way of, being intentional about also not only your artwork, but your collectors. Yeah. That's very interesting. How do you balance your artistic vision with your success? And how do you navigate the business side of being an artist? So I am still trying to find the balance because there are times where, for example, you see art go viral yeah. and it's real tempting to just paint what people like. Or you'll see another artist paint something and they'll get like 50 million reactions. And you're just like, oh, I need to make something related to that. And there is just so much pressure, which is why I take a step back from social media a lot. That is how I find my balance. <laughs> I I literally go on social media to post. I communicate with the people, you know, that contact me. But outside of that, I do not scroll and look at a lot of art from other artists because mm -hmm. At one point I was doing that and I was putting so much pressure on myself to be something I wasn't because art is supposed to come from like the inspiration you feel. And if you're just painting it because another artist painted it and they sold so much of it, you're kind of losing that purpose within that trying to recreate something. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've, I've been feeling that level of, I don't know if it's because artists are so sensitive yes. lately with social media and how like, it's not, um, it's, I love social media. Let me, don't get me wrong, but it's like that feeling of feeling like you have to compete or yes. feeling like you have to be present online to be 
a person, you know, like I feel like that's pretty much our norm and being away from social media is like, well, why aren't you on social media? Or like just having (laughs) that feeling of you don't exist. But I've been, I've been in a space where like social media has been something that I'm trying to use intentional for my artwork and not necessarily being on there for, for no particular reason other than that. But it's it's also difficult for me because I'm not that type of person. Like, I'm really a private person. Yeah. So it's difficult for me to be in a space where I want to be artistically, you know, relevant online because I have such heightened sensitivity. Yeah. Or like, you know, that a level of like just constantly on. It's like you never shut, you can never shut off social media. Um, but I, you know, just trying to like hearing what you're saying it's it's satisfying that you know when to take moments or a a time to step away from social media and not constantly having that being a space of validation for your work um but yeah I was just like I I totally agree and understand like sometimes you do have to step away so I'm at a point where I'm like I'm not posting I'm not going to post and algorithms don't really matter to me but it's like if I have something to share I'm willing to share that but for, for right now it's like I, I just need my space to like be away yes. from for some time um, and just post and be done with it. <laughs> Can you discuss any um, ways that you have connected with your community um, based off of your art? Yes. So the number one way I have been able to connect with people is through my events. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first solo show last year and the name of it was I Dream in Color. And one thing I felt so powerful about my show was not only were people coming out to view the art, but all my art friends were networking with each other. So they were in a space where they met people they didn't even know existed in the art community. So it allowed me to just witness what it looks like when people connect within our artistic community, within my community. But it also, I had a lot of people come up to me and they said, hey, I used to paint. I used to do this stuff and I put it down and now I'm seeing your show and I want to pick it back up. And I just, I love that when people come to my events, they connect with each other. So. That's great. Um, When I look at you, like we're finally meeting you in person virtually, but um, you give like your energy gives such like vibrance and energy that I also see in your work, which is really, really powerful. Um, But you know, as the viewer, it may be different from the narrative that you have um, for yourself or how you create, but how would you describe your artistry or your artwork to someone that has never met you before? How would I describe my artistry? I'm trying to think. I just consider it a colorful dance of life. Honestly, like I love color. Color is psychology. Um, A lot of the colors I use are to invoke a certain emotion And I feel like that reflects into everything I do in my life. Like I painted my son's room blue because that's a calming color. So when he wakes up, he's not angry at us (laughs) or like trying to, you know, like being frustrated. And everything I do, I feel reflects into that psychology of color. Just wanting to make people look at my art and feel good. I want it to take them to another place. I want it to make them happy, make them calm. And that kind of just plays into everything I do. So let's talk about future Lakendra. Yes. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in about two years? Or what do you wish to accomplish? 
So I am currently working on a graphic novel. So I'm hoping by two years I have published that um, because it's about 80% done now. So mm. there's that. Um, and that graphic novel is also going to have a video game. So I'm hoping I will have paired with the company that's going to help make that happen by then as well. Um, I'm hoping to have hosted so many more shows. I have about four more shows planned for this year. So I'm so excited. Um, another thing I'm hoping to have accomplished by then is my first show in New York oh, or California. Congratulations. Yep. Um, those are like the two things. Thank yeah. you so much. I am really, I'm working so hard to be in those areas. I used to live in Newark, New Jersey, and okay. that's where I found the really big part of my artistic vision, um, because I went through so much up there. So I want to be able to go back to that area as the person that kind of healed from everything I went through up there to just show the other side, <laughs> um, but yeah, those are like my biggest goals. And I also want to help my son have his first solo show because at my art show, my two-year-old had his whole wall. He had oh, a whole wow. wall dedicated to his art. <laughs> and he did about 40 pieces and sold about 20 of those. Oh, I was well so done. proud. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep, so, start him young. <laughs> yes, I am definitely. Like he's already expressed that he wants to do that. So he'll have had that by then. Yes, absolutely. So we are down to the last few questions. We're running out of time. But um, what advice would you give for anyone that's looking to um, continue their path as a creative? Maybe they're just starting off. Maybe they took a break. What would you advise them? Keep going. <laughs> and if you stopped, please start back. The world needs what you are creating. The world needs you. You are so important. I feel like as creatives, we might not hear that enough. You are important and you are a history maker because our art will outlive us. Our art will be what people see when the books and all of that have run out. So you're important. That's beautiful. What is the hardest part about being you? <laughs> rest, getting rest um, and getting time for myself. I will, I will say when I am with my, I'm with my son all day. So I, I put him in bed about nine 30 and then I paint from 10 until around three 30. He mm -hmm. wakes up at seven. Uh, as you Sounds can tell, like <laughs> yeah, leaves very little room for rest. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's like for any artist, that's so important. Please get rest. I have crashed probably two times already, <laughs> like crashed and burned oh, just because I just kept, kept doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. You know, like when I should have been sleeping, I was trying to paint. So that's just like the hardest part, finding the balance of motherhood, arthood and sleep. Uh. <laughs> yes. And very final question. What is on your playlist? Can you give us like three artists that you cannot live without? <laughs> um, the first artist is Tim's. The second artist would be, oh, that is a hard one. <laughs> um, let, let me open up my Spotify. No, don't right worry. Here. Yep. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tim's is definitely number one. The second one is OJ Remake. Um, and the third one would have to be probably Stevie Wonder. Nice. Very interesting selection <laughs> of songs, but all very incredible artists. Um, so I want to thank you so much for um, this little time that we have to chat and learn about your 
creative process, learn about your thoughts and everything wonderful that you're doing. I'm so proud of you. You know, we just met, but I've been, you know, watching your social media posts of all the beautiful things that you're doing and your wonderful pieces and what you're doing for our people and the community at large. So thank you so much. And (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm emotional. I'm sorry. No, that is totally fine. But thank you so much for inspiring so many people. Um, I can't wait for our listeners to listen to this episode. But for us to be able to continue watching your journey, can you please share any any type of social media or website that you have so we can follow along? Uh, yes. Also, thank y'all so much um, for everything. Thank y'all for allowing me to be here. Yes, you're um, welcome. On Instagram, you can find me at huck.jpg.jpg. Um, my Facebook is just my name, LaKendra Huckabee, L-A-K-E-N-D-R-A-H-U-C-K-A-B-Y. And I also have a website, artofhuck.com. And you can see like my work. I teach classes, so you'll see a class link on there. So yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Take care.